Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Mark chapter 3 this morning, and I want to read verses 1 through verse 5 in your hearing. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life? Or to kill, but they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, hear that? The Lord was angry. Being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Oh, help me pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bring our minds together. Lord, we need you in this house this morning. Lord, I need you this morning to come down, Lord, to bless this church. Lord, with your word, not not that I'm anything, Lord, I stand before you humbly. Realizing my, Lord, inabilities, but knowing, God, your ability to bring a message together, God, and to encourage and to strengthen this people, Lord, this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I claim it, dear Lord. I claim it, dear Lord. Amen. You may be seated. If I could this morning, I'd like to minister a while on this subject. Your disability. Your disability. Your disability. Man, the man with the withered hand. A disability. This morning, if I could, some way, I have come to encourage and to strengthen this church. Amen. Hallelujah. Not preaching out of frustrations, but I want to preach out of my love to you this morning because I care where you're at. I care where you're at. The word withered means, in the original Greek, to be shriveled up or to be shrunken or to be dried up. Jerome says that this man originally had use of his hand. It was designed of nature that he should use it, but accident or disease thwarted its design. It still, he still had his hand, though it hung powerless by his side. It was still there. I remember back a few weeks ago, and I, my wife and I was at McDonald's, imagine that. And uh, in, in, I believe it was in the midday, I, I don't know, I think, I don't know, I think maybe Sister Rhonda was there with us. That could have been too, you know. I don't 
don't like y'all to leave her out, you know, because a lot of times she's there too. Amen. But, but I remember that Brother Freddie sitting back in the corner from us as I began to look, and I knew this man, and he was once the mayor of Kingsburg when we lived there. And uh, I, I remember early days of, in Kingsburg when we lived in the parsonage, and we used to see this man and his wife, and they would, uh, they, they would be walking, and this was before any of this ever happened, and he was vibrant, and, and uh, he, 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 was, he could walk good and no problems, and, and just a, a, a really a nice man. And, and just as I was looking the other day after, after he had, had open-heart surgery, he'd had a stroke, and, and uh, his one side was all paralyzed, and I began to, I guess, uh, I was in the process of this already, and, and as I began to look, Brother Mason, I began to see this one hand that was down there, and it was hanging down. I believe it's on the left side. And it was hanging down there, and it was doing nothing. It was kind of just like this, and, and uh, I guess I began to study it, and, you know, not trying to be you know, to, to, to draw any kind of attention, but uh, I began to study that hand, and I began to see that that hand was discolored, and it was red, yet there was no movement in it. It was just there, and, and everything that he'd done, he'd done with his right hand. I want to call your attention that in this, this morning that the man's right hand was one that was withered. Amen, and... Uh, uh, you know, the right hand always in Bible stands for power and authority. Amen. And, and this man had the left hand and it was just hanging there and he could not use it. And it, it, the color had kind of turned red. I don't know. Probably, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I didn't talk to a nurse. And, and you know, Brother Zach's up there. He's, he's kind of had a little bit of teaching along that line. I don't know whether that's from no blood flow. I don't know. But I know the brain isn't working right. There's something that happens and it don't send signals oh, no more to that hand. And, I remember this story very well. I'm building a little platform, if you'll all stay with me a little bit. I remember uh, Gabby uh, Giffords, you know, the, the senator, uh, uh, and how she got shot. And, and uh, for a long period of time, she was a long period of recovering, still recovering probably. But, but I remember the story, and there was a story, a documentary that was on uh, the news or TV one night, my wife and I sat and watched it, and it was Gabby uh, Giffords, and, and uh, the therapist and the doctor were there, and they began to talk about Gabby Giffords because they were having trouble. She couldn't get her speech back, and it was uh, she, uh, you know, of uh, a lady of that magnitude. That meant a lot if she could speak, you know. She had lost the thing that she used to do a lot. I mean, she used her speech, and and she could not speak, but they began to, to examine and, and, uh, and, and do some things that they normally did not do because when they found out, they found out that music is found on both sides of the brain. And, and they could not get her speech back, but if they could somehow get the other side maybe to take over. So they began, uh, they found out when they began to sing and play music that she could sing songs. 
without difficulty, she could do that. Even though she had problems with speech, she could sing. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know whether that does anything for you, but ever since that time, there was something that got in my spirit that made me realize, Brother Mason, how important the first part of the service is. It is so important that if we can sing in the first part of the service, you can sing praises even while the ministry is going forth. It lets me know that God wants us to praise him when he puts it on both sides of the brain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So she was getting her speech back because of music and because of singing. They could bring kids in, and they began to sing, and she'd sing with them. It even showed photos, and it was great that this lady that could not speak well, yet she could sing well. Oh, glory. So I know that God can do those kind of things. Amen. So uh, in Matthew, or in Luke 6 and 6, this story is stated again, and, and it, said, it states that it's not up there. It's just a reference for you. But it sh- shares with us that it was his right hand. You know, Luke, the physician, he bespeaks that it is the right hand, the most commonly used hand. Amen. So it meant now that this man had no power in his right hand now to grasp or to hold anything. Because his hand was withered. It was, it was dried up. It was shrunken. He could, could not get a hold of anything and hold on to it. And as I began to study this out, Brother McGee, there was something that really grabbed a hold of my heart. Because every commentary that I sought to find some depth or some meaning in this man's withered hand, that all I could find in the commentaries they were unthoughtful of the man with the, with the withered hand, but they were more thoughtful to the law on the Sabbath. Because really when we look at even the writings, it lets us know that they were more interested in the law, what their law said and their Sabbath. And I think if we're not careful today, we can get in a position where things don't become important to us anymore. But I want to tell you, your affliction means something to me. And your affliction means something to God. It's not His will that you be afflicted in this way. In fact, this story is told again, and I'm just giving you some reference, taking you back. But in Matthew 12, this this thing is... is, uh, His same story is told again. And Jerome says the gospel of Matthew was used in the Hebrew. And it was used by the Nazarenes and the Ebonites. And it adds this circumstance to this story of the man with the withered hand. That he was a stonemason or a bricklayer by trade and had applied himself to Jesus thus. He once had the the use of this hand, remember. He once had had the use of this hand. And he went to Jesus and he said, Lord, I'm a bricklayer, and I've gotten my living by labor of laying brick. 
I beseech thee, O Jesus, restore to me the use of my hand that I may not be obliged to beg for bread. He thought it was a shame to beg for bread. And he did not want to beg for bread. So he said, God, if you will give me the use of my hand back. Come on. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel like in the church today, there are some people with some withered hands. Spiritually speaking, hallelujah. Stay with me a while this morning. This man did the right thing. He went to the synagogue. Come on. He done everything he could. He went to the synagogue. But the synagogue was not enough to heal him. It took more than the synagogue. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, I'm praying in this day that when people come through our doors, that when they come through, they can be made whole before they leave. Come on. I'm saying in soul, mind, and spirit, we need to be in the place that we can heal. And the prayer of faith will come and work through us that people might be delivered. That's in our midst. Hallelujah. So he went. He'd done the thing that should have been done. He was going to the synagogue. In fact, I have reason to believe that he frequented the synagogue. I believe that he was there every time. Hallelujah. I, I, even, I even really believe, and I don't have no proof, and the, the commentaries or nothing has anything to do with this, but I've got a feeling that while this man was working that he went to the synagogue. Hallelujah. I don't just believe he was there for the healing. I believe this was a place that he come. Amen. On the Sabbath day, I believe he frequented the synagogue. In fact, the roof of the synagogue was only just repaired after the healing of the paralytic in Mark 2. And here we come and there's another miracle about to take place. Hallelujah in the synagogue. Oh, I want to this morning turn your eyes to Isaiah. And let's read about his uh, words and how the promise of the Messiah in Isaiah 35 and verse number 3. And he said, Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. It's a command, church, that we as the church must strengthen the weak hands and we must confirm the feeble knees, those that are bowing and cannot stand, that we are to confirm them and to strengthen them and help them stand. I believe spiritually this is a verse that we need to grab a hold of as apostolics. Is there's ever a time that we as children of God need to strengthen each other's hands? It's the day and the hour that we're living in because I don't know about you, but when I look around, all I can see, Brother Cox, is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I see all the signs and every one of them are pointed toward his coming glory hallelujah hallelujah let me remind you the scribes and the Pharisees that came on that day did not come to worship they came to watch they did not come to commune with the Lord but they come to confront him they did not come to find fruit but they come to find fault Glory. 
I'm going to tell you, there will always be them some few that come through the doors at our sanctuary that that's what they come for. That they come to find fault. That they come to just look on. They are, they are spectators. Come on. They are not people that's going to get involved, Brother Terry, but they're people that have come to speculate what we're doing. They're trying to figure it out, but they'll never figure it out because God is beyond them. Oh, his thoughts are beyond our thoughts. His ways are beyond our ways, and they'll never figure him out. Hallelujah. Church, if you want God to do anything for you when you come to church, your motive must be right. Come on, if we want him to work in us or to do something in us, to release something in us, then our motive must be right. I must come that, I don't know about you, but every time I come to church, I ask the Lord for a word of God. I, I want a word, not, not just the preach word. I'm not talking about, I want a word as that man of God is speaking. I want a word for myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not looking about to see if, if, uh, if they're preaching on where you're at or not, but I'm looking at my soul and saying, God, I want a word from you this morning. I need a challenge in my spirit in this day, God. I need something that keeps driving me on, Lord, that I won't stand still, but I'll keep moving on. Got my eyes on you. Not everybody else, Lord, but it's me that stands in the need of prayer. Hallelujah. I'm preaching about this morning our disability. Glory, our disability. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. History says that practice in medicine on the Sabbath day was forbidden by rabbinic tradition unless the sick person was on the verge of death. What a crazy law. We can't do nothing for you unless you're on the verge of death. What a thing. <laughs> oh, Lord, wouldn't that be something? You, you, you come to the house of God and, well, we can't do anything for you unless you're on the verge of death. You know, and they'll say, carry you in here on the stretcher. And this is the last, this is your last day living. We can't do nothing about it. We can't pray for you. What stupidity. Yet the scribes and the Pharisees were more worried about their law than the man with the withered hand. Come on, church. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we can get in that place this morning, church, to where we're more worried about self than we are about somebody else's affliction. But I'm going to tell you in this house this morning, if you've got an affliction, then I've got an affliction. Praise the Lord. I don't know why at 60 years old, God gives me diabetes. I don't know. But I got a good idea. that We got diabetics in this church. And one of them happens to be this lovely little girl that I cherish and love dearly. And every time I pray, I pray not for myself. My years is gone, and I don't know how much more God has given me. But this little girl has got... Little girl, she's not a little girl. This sweetheart of a young lady has got a whole life before her. And Brother Terry, when I pray, I think of her. Because Tasha, you still got a work you can do. Oh, 
not selling short that God is able to heal her and to heal me. And I'm still believing in my miracle and her miracle. And Brother Andy's miracle. I haven't forgot you either. Just because you're not as good looking as she is, I don't mean that I'm not looking. I pray for you every time I pray too. I, I even pray for that big guy back there that's got the pole position. He's got diabetes. I still pray for him. I pray and I mention our diabetics by name. Come on. Calling them out before God. Come on. You know why? Because we, in a way, have got a disability. I've got something that I never had. I run out of strength now, and I never used to run out of strength at all. Come on. Hallelujah. Because of this diabetes thing that's going on in my body. This man used to be a bricklayer. And now he cannot move his right hand. It is drawn up. It's withered away. And there's no use of it. I'm telling you, if there ever needs to be a healing of disabilities in the church, it's now. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about spiritual disability that's going on right in our midst. Hallelujah. This is the place in this man's life where church and science break fellowship. Science thinks and reasons everything out. But this is unthinkable and unreasonable what the Lord has asked this man to do to stretch forth something that's withered. I began to think as that man in McDonald's sitting there and that hand was just drawn up and it was turned red. It was discolored from the other hand. I began to think, Lord, what would you do? And I began to think about the man with the withered hand. And the Lord said, stretch it forth. Lord, oh. It was not his ability to do that. It was his disability. Come on. Stay with me. Hallelujah. Unreasonable and unthinkable. Yet the Lord says, stretch it forth. I must tell you as my brethren this morning and my Christian family and my family this morning that I must tell you right now that God is going to demand of you sometime during your life to stretch forth your disability. Oh, glory. He wants your disability to be your strength and not your ability. Come on. He'll use you in your weakness and not in your strength. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I must tell you that God has used me over the years in my disability. And I know some of you and even my kids will probably laugh, and that's all right. Amen. But if Sister Angie Craig was here this morning, she would probably go along with me and tell you how I was. But when I was a young man growing up in my teenage years, I was backward. I was backward, I said. I didn't talk a lot in high school. I talked to my friends and stuff, 
But as far as being an outgoing person, I was not that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, was you a Christian? Yes, I, I, I had the Holy Ghost. Let's put it that away. I had problems just like some of you young people, Lord. Yes, sir. Yeah, Brother, brother McGee was not always perfect, and I'm still not perfect. I'm still working on it. Come on. I'm still, and I won't be perfect, and you won't be perfect until he splits those eastern skies, and this body has changed. Come on. Oh, from moral to immoral. Come on. Hallelujah. Until I take on a new body, I will not have it all made, church. But I was backward. And when God got a hold of my heart, amen, to minister his word uh, there and even in teaching and, and, and helping in the church, God began to use my disability. It was not my ability. It was not what I was strong in, what I was good at, but it was what I wasn't good at. It's what I wasn't good at in greeting and, 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 and uh, come on and talking to people. I know you got problem believing that, Paul. But if you would talk to Sister Angie Craig, she would tell you that your daddy was backward in school. I talked to her. She was my friend. But I wasn't real open with her. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I know my own son was backward in school. But I'm going to tell you what. God has used his disability and not his ability. He is using his ability. Don't get me wrong. He is using all the years of knowledge and wisdom that has been placed there by the hand of God. But he is using something that he wasn't used to doing. He was a quiet person. Come on. Yeah, you kids can gather that. Come on. But God has done something to it. I'm telling you in this house this morning, there's some of you that think you have a disability that God can, you think, well, I'm not good at that. I can't do that. Well, that isn't what God wants. He don't want your ability. He wants what you're disabled in. Your disability is what he wants to use. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Somebody say my disability. He wants your disability to be your strength and not your ability. The Lord asked this man to act as a recovered man. By faith. <laughs> Yet we will be recovered only in our sincerity of striving so to act upon what the master has commanded us. Jesus will heal our disability when we even try some way to use what we can't use. Glory. He is not asking for your perfection, but he's asking for your effort. God, some of you in here don't even realize how capable you are through God to do things. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. There's nothing that I can't do by God. My disability becomes an ability to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. Sometimes we think too much. 
we try to figure things out. We're like the scientists. If it don't work out and we can't think it out, then it's not going to happen. We think too much. Trying to figure it out. This, this man proceeded. Let me remind you. This man proceeded as though there was no disability. He stood on faith in what God had asked him to do. He brought that hand and he stretched it forth. I don't know. Let me, let me stop here a minute. I, I, in, in our story, it is not real clear whether this man had the use of his arm or not. It said he had a withered hand. It could have just been his hand. I don't know. But I began to think about this, Brother Cox. I began to think about this because I remember my own life. In 1995, July the 5th of 1995, I had a burnt hand. My right hand was burnt from back to here. You don't see that. A deep second, almost third degree burn from helping my brother out that lived next to the church. A brother in the Lord that had a fire in his mobile home and the flames were reaching the top. He come running out and he's hysterical and not knowing what to do and I really didn't know what to do. But I went and found a great big towel that he had, wrapped it around my hand, went in, got a hold of a skillet that was burning with grease in it on an electric stove and I picked that up and started for the door, amen, praying Jesus all the time. When I got to the door, he was standing in the doorway. I could not throw the skillet out. And when I did, that grease come back on my hand and on that towel and saturated it. Amen. So therefore, I got a burn. Amen. Uh, before, yeah, I was, in, I was in pain. I went into the sink. I was next. I was mowing the church line. And I went into the sink and washed that hand uh, under cold water, you know, went back to my car. My wife got in, going to take me, rush me to the hospital. And I said, dear, let's stop for a moment and let's pray. We prayed right there on the spot that God would remove the pain. And never once in those months did I ever have any pain in that hand. Nobody could understand it. It got to the pace that it swelled so big that I could not wear even a long sleeve shirt. It had to have a big sleeve, short sleeve shirt on before I could get it through there. Yet I could use that hand, Brother Cox. I could take out my pen. I was still working at the time. I, at, I was still working at, uh, at the power plant. And they, they, they set me aside to do some book work. And I would take a pen in that hand and I could still write and everything. And, and they would say, McGee, don't that hurt? And I said, no, I don't have no pain. We have prayed right after that happened. I've not had any pain since. said, I'm telling you, your nerves is gone. The, the, it's burned them up. Oh, hallelujah. I went to my doctor, and he, he looks at it. And, and then about the second trip back to him, and he said, I'm going to have to send you to a surgeon. You're going to have to have skin grafting. Yet the blister and all of that had never bursted. It just kept swelling up, swelling up, but I could still use it. He's, I remember between Thursday and on a Tuesday when I had that appointment, he sent me to the surgeon. I remember that on the, my, my mother and father-in-law had had a 50th anniversary. Amen. Hallelujah. Being married 50 years. And I went to that. And that morning, I began to see that hand start to shrink. Oh, glory. Hadoboshandapa. 
I'm about to get excited here. I'm telling you about somebody that could have had a withered hand, literally. Oh, hallelujah. It began to go down. By Tuesday when I went to the doctor, all of that skin had gone back to my hand, and it was kind of all wrinkled and, and looked funny, but I could still use it. I went into the doctors, the surgeons, and here he came with his scalpel and all these little tools. He was going to get ready. I know he was going to start pulling that stuff off. But when he unwrapped my hand, he looked at it, and his eyes got about that big around and he said when was you at your doctor I said Thursday he said buddy you're a fast healer I said no but the God that I serve and my hands is in is a healer he is a deliverer Come on. I'm going to tell you God wants to heal your disability he said do you care if I take pictures I said sir you take all the pictures you want and he took pictures, and he took pictures. And he sent me away. He said, there's no need you coming back here. You're going to be all right. Well, I already knew that. Come on, I already had the, come on, something. There was just a piece about through all of this that I knew that was all going to be all right no matter. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared about it. I just thought, God, I'm in your hands. Hallelujah. Went back to my regular doctor, and by that time, I don't even remember when it was, a week or so later, and, and my nurse come in. Nurse, it's been our nurse now for, had been for 20 years, and then she come in and took the bandage off of that, and she left the room just as quick as she come in. She was shoot out there, and I heard her talking, whispering to the doctor, said, you ain't never seen nothing like this. This, this hand, you cannot believe from the last time he was here what this hand looks like. Woo, yeah. Come on. All God is saying, if you'll give me your disability, I'm making an ability. If you'll give me what you can't do, I'll show you what, through me what you can do. I'm not saying that I got a, I did get a miracle. The pain was gone. But it was a process of healing. Yet it was quick. It wasn't just that we prayed and God restored it and I didn't have to go to the doctor. He had a plan in my disability to show some people that God is able to do all things. Paula remembers that hand. Even after the doctor took me off a of light duty at work and sent me back to the maintenance in my normal department. The doctor told me, he says, now, my family doctor, he's just using wisdom, the only wisdom he had. He said, now, that hand will get burnt quicker than the other. So when you're out in the sun, you wear a glove. I did that for some short week or two. And then I thought, what am I doing? God took care of this all along. That hand has never become burnt. Come on. I, he said, now in cold weather, it'll get where it's not usable. I still use it to praise God. 
I can still grab a hold of things and grasp it. It's not withered. It's not shrunken. It's just as good as a left hand. Come on, church. I'm telling somebody in here this morning, God wants to use your disability to make it his ability. I could go on and tell you story after story what God has done miracles in my life. I won't do that. But I'm going to tell you, God wants to use your disability. And he told this man, hallelujah. Church, we need to lean on his power to do things and not our own. The baby walks by us holding on to their hand. Notice that. Alexa may not be able to walk by herself, Paul. But you can take hold of Lexi's hand, and Lexi can walk. It's by Mimo, Mamo, whoever. Grant, you, your grandma, whether you like to admit it or not. You, you, you ladies can call yourself Mimo and this and that, but you're a grandma. I don't care what age you are. If you've got grandchildren, you're a grandma. Don't be ashamed of it. God's just helping your disability and making you able to do things that you're not dis that you think you're disabled to do but Lexi can walk when you hold on to the child's hand we had five I know what it's like you can hold on to that baby's hand and say look look they're walking they are let go of their hand though May I tell somebody this morning that in your disability, God has got a hold of your hand. And honey, he's not going to let loose. You're going to keep on working and doing things because of him. You're going to be able to do more than you ever thought you could do. In fact, you even amaze yourself. Amazed at all the things that I can do when I depend on him. Hallelujah. Some of you are waiting on him to empower you. Some of you have been waiting for years for him to empower you. And all the time, he's trying to tell you, if you just use that disability, if you just give that to me, think you can't do this is a disabled person sitting here this morning in March 1990 he could have been disabled completely life sapped from him after a double bypass and then a valve to replace in the heart laying at the point of death that the surgeon sat down beside his bed and never left all night a valve where they had sewed it in was leaking blood by and the doctor just thought I'm going to have to go back in but there were some people praying 
called the church. Everybody was praying. There was a fellowship rally that night. Everybody was praying for Dick Burbrick. Glory. Hallelujah. I was a praying and claiming Ezekiel 16 and 6. That stops blood. Try it. It'll work. Ezekiel 16 and 6. I've seen it work. I've seen it work in my own family. I've seen it work on my daughter that was only three, four blocks from our house in Kingsburg, and she was called us coughing, choking on her own blood. By the time we got there, I'd been praying. Me and my wife had been praying that scripture. By the time we'd got there, it already stopped. Somewhere in the early morning hours, Dick Burbrick opened his eyes, and there was somebody at the foot of his bed that wasn't the doctor. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost now. It's kind of like, I don't know, you ever feel those little things that kind of just take over your head and it just kind of flows, that feeling of it. And he began to tell me that day that there was somebody, every time I'd open my eyes, there was somebody at the end of my bed and his hair was as white as snow. The doctor sitting there, but that isn't what brought Dick Burbrick through the night. It was the guy that was sitting at the end of the bed that said, I'm going to take the disability and it's going to be able to get out of this woods that he's been in. They didn't have to do surgery again. You know why? Through the night, there was somebody sitting at the end of the bed without a knife that done surgery, that took the inability and made it an ability. I'm telling you, church, we need our spiritual disability taken care of this morning. Oh, Jesus. Glory. I'm trying. Some are waiting for him to empower you. But I'm telling you, he has already empowered you. You need to just stretch forth your hand and let him use your disability. In 3 John, verse number 2, because it's only got one chapter. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Come on. And be healthy. It's not his will for us to be sick. It's not his will for us to be diseased. But it's his will for us to be healthy and to prosper. Even as our soul prospereth. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. I want to tell you this morning. Brother Mason, you can come. Sister Mason. Your major. I know. Your major is not going to be your strength. Get a hold of this. Your minor is going to be your strength. I know, I know that don't sound right. It's, it's against the laws of nature. But your minor is going to be your major. Come on. Spiritually speaking, your minor is going to be your major. Glory. What you are not qualified to do on your own. It's what God wants to use in you. And I see so many pastors. When I look out over this audience, and we look over our audience as a whole when they're all here, and down through 
the 20 plus years I have seen people do things that they thought they could not do there are some people in the back right now I'm proud of sister Sheila she's not out here but brother Freddie I'll tell you I'm proud of her because she's taken on something that she feels unable to do I'm willing to try, but I, you know, I, I don't feel capable of doing this. But she has stepped out in waters that she is not comfortable with, and she's doing it. Sister Rhonda just said it this morning, Brother Terry, in the back. She just, I, I was asking her, said, I heard you all had a great time. She said, oh, yeah. She said, you talk about somebody. Talking about Brother Vicar said that will bring you out of your disability. She said, she, he makes you get involved and you get out of your comfort zone and you have to do things that you're not comfortable with doing. Maybe I ought to go back here and preach it a little bit. Oh, Jesus. That God has sent some people away from here this past week to come back and see that they're not near as disabled as they think they are because God wants to use your disability. Heath, or tell what God's going to do with you because you're kind of speechless type. Ooh. Tyler's a very speakable man. It's hard to tell what God's going to do with him. Why he's going to shut him up. Who'd ever thought you'd been a bass player? Would you have thought when you was a child you'd been a bass player? That's a very good job at it, too. Brother Alex, just amazing what God's done to you. This little guy that I remember back several years ago, we was afraid we was going to lose him. Six days in the hospital one time, and I think five the, uh, the other time. Sent home to do schooling at home because he had fever. You ever see her of a hospital sending him home fever? Well, he had fever for months. Mama sat beside of night, giving him pills just to keep his fever down to where it wouldn't burn up his little brain. I watched the nurse. Try to get his blood. He wanted Papa to go with him when it was time to go. He was going to go because of the vein. They needed to change it. He said, who you want to go with you? And he said, Papa. Oh, Lord. You would have to pick me. You don't know it, but I'm the weakest. Man, I go down there and I watch that nurse and she tries to get that blood for the mason. And I'm about to have a conniption because every time she sticks him, I want to grab her and squeeze her and say, lady, if you can't do it, get somebody that can. I really wanted to. And I was about ready to open my mouth. And there was a man, a male nurse, sitting on the other side of the bed. And you could see he was just kind of, are you going to give up? He said, you want me to try it? I'm telling you, he had no more said that till that blood was there. He had it in and already had taped it and nothing flat. <laughs> in a time when I wanted to squeeze her, shake her good. Come on now. 
Hey, that's my. Come on. Here he is today doing all kinds of things for God, and God's not done with him. Tasha McGee, there is no telling what God can do with you. See, your ability would be there is a sweetness in your ability. Because you can be sweet as pie, but I'm, I'm sure you can be the other way too. But but all I all, all she shows me is the sweetness. Maybe that's because that's all I show her. See. I get thinking of all these people that are sitting in here, Brother Terry, that thinks they're enabled I've heard that word from you too many times I can't but you can you've proven it I'm looking at you God is about to take the inability of this couple and do something. I know I'm stepping out on a limb this morning. I realize that. But God is about to make a difference like you've never seen before. Brother Freddie, God's about to take you to a higher place. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Cruzy, my brother, the I can'ts going to start saying I can. Johnny, you are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's going to do it. He's going to do it. Pastor, you are going to see growth in this church. It is going to take place, just as the Lord said. Dick, not God's not got done with you yet. He made you able to do some things, and he's going to require it of you. He's going to say, Dick Burbrick, that thing that used to be disabled, I'm going to enable you now. Fine-looking young man. I think sometimes this young man downs himself and thinks he's failed in everything, but the truth is he's not failed. There is something burning in his soul that he cannot get rid of. Pastor, about a week ago, this young man came to me just in kind of bypassing. He said, Man, I can't wait till next Sunday. I said, Next Sunday. He says, iron sharpeneth iron. See, when we took this young man to camp, every time they were having a meeting or doing something, he was there. Every 
one of them that he can make. If they weren't going on at the same time, he's going to make it. You know what? There's something burning on the inside that's saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Angel, my little sister, my dear little sister, God brings me in remembrance of you every time I pray. It don't matter that you've made mistakes in life. We have all done that. I'm here to tell you that God wants to use that which you think can't be used. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what you, if you feel what I do, but I feel something in here this morning. Glory. God wants to heal somebody's disability in here this morning. I'm going to leave this open. And I want my pastor to be prepared. If anybody should come and feel like that they, you want your disability prayed for, that God will use it. I want you to feel free to do that. And our, our pastor will anoint you and pray for you. Because there's some of you that are sitting in here. Brother Andrew, God's not satisfied with you sitting back there. He's got to work for you. And he's able to do it through you. Don Johnson, you're not the same boy I went to school with. There's been some changing up through the years, and I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but I've, seen, I've noticed since he darkened the church door that there's changes begin to take place, and it's still, still taking place. God's not done with Don Johnson yet. Pat, not, God's not done with you. He wants you to be made whole. He wants you to speak in that heavenly language. And there's something within you because of your disability that the enemy uses that against you and say, you'll never get the Holy Ghost, but the devil's a liar. God's going to fill you in the face of that. Oh, would somebody get a hold of God? Holomoshan. Our brother and sister Mason sings for us. If you feel like you've got a disability the Lord needs to move on you with, I want you to come. Pastor will pray for you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.